I'm married to Willeke, uh, as most of you would know, but if you're visiting here and if you're online, um, you might not know. So very welcome to those online and for those who are here, uh, especially to my family, uh, as you've heard, uh, from South Africa. They've come a long way to hear me say something to you this morning. But before we start, let's maybe just uh, bow our heads in prayer. May the words of my mouth, Lord, this morning be acceptable, and may we get from your word what you have, us, have for us at Ebenezer for this day and for the week to come. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. A bit lower. Is that better? Is that the better? Very good, very good. Well, our theme for this morning is, is love like Jesus. And I want to start off by a story. You probably recognize the gentleman uh, on the left of the screen there. Uh, and if ever a cup of tea had any significance, I know the British are known for their cup of tea, but if a cup of tea ever had significance, it was the cup of tea that Nelson Mandela had with Betsy Verwoerd, the widow of Hendrik Verwoerd. It was not only about the who, but also about the where. And I'll explain a bit as I go along. But for you to understand the significance of this cup of tea, you need to know a bit about South African history. It was the National Party that came to power in 1948, and it was during the presidency of Hendrik Verwoerd that the apartheid was implemented. That resulted in Nelson Mandela being jailed for 27 years. But as you know, the jailed became the president. And for his inauguration, sorry, we're just having more hiccups. And for his inauguration in 1994, he invited her to come to his inauguration ceremony. She didn't attend. So it was 14 months later when he decided, I'm going to go and visit Betsy Verwoerd as a sign of reconciliation. The, the problem was that she was living in Orania. There were some of the hardcore South Africans who felt Apartheid is not going to work, uh, we've got a black president, but we will have our own enclave of only white people. And they called it Oronia. And it's to this enclave that Nelson Mandela went to have a cup of tea, the ex-prisoner with the president's wife. The Greek word for love used in today's passage is the agape love, where the lover chooses to be a loving person. What Jesus is challenging his audience with this type of love is a love that choose to love, that's fast in action for others. The nature of our fast in action for others, Jesus explains in today's passage with three examples. To love, to do good, to lend. In which way should this then be different from what his hearers are already doing? I think it's different in two ways. He's 
challenging us on who is the one that's benefiting from our actions and also what motivates us to do that. The recipients of your and my care should not only be those classmates that share your preferences, those colleagues at work sharing the same worldview as you, those neighbors who are kind to you, who will never play loud music and never have parties. If you're sitting here and listening on a live stream, you might think, I'm already doing that. I'm a good person because you love, you do good, you lend. Before you congratulate yourself, does not the world do the same? Is it not the world who also looks after those who look after them? Love, do good, lend. What motivates us to do it? We are told to love everyone. And Jesus is mentioning this morning, especially those who want to harm us. The translation for a slap on the cheek, some Bible commentaries says is more a, a punch on the jaw. Speaking about an attitude, we may be, are we ready to receive another such an injury? It was the power of, it was not the power of persuasion, but the force of forgiveness that brought many to Christ. Not, reali not reali uh, retaliating, but turning the other cheek. Jesus asking his followers to give and give and give. We are advised to not hold on to our possessions out of love for our possessions. But love must be ready to be deprived of everything if need be. Sometimes it might be love to not give, but let love decide and not your regard for your possessions. If you drive in Malawi, you often will find potatoes for sale along the road. It looks quite impressive, nicely heaped up, as you can see. But when you pour it out and look carefully, you'll find some little bits of sticks between the potatoes. And those were there placed deliberately to make the potatoes look more. So you think you're buying a whole bucket full of potatoes, but there's, there's some gaps in those in those buckets. What Jesus is describing today is exactly the opposite. When he's talking about shaking, pressing down, shaking together and running over, it's making sure you are giving abundantly. The commentators point out that the give in today's passage is a, in a continuous tense, ongoing giving. Christians should lend the sparing of nothing. When teaching his disciples, Jesus said, your Heavenly Father knows what you need. He's advocating for a reversal of our value system for radical generosity. At our recent weekend away, the four or five churches that went, the speaker said, while people see us as extraordinary pious, they should also see us as 
extraordinary kind. Those two should, those two opposites should, should baffle them. I, I like the word. How can, how can we be, how can people be perplexed by our attitude? Extraordinary pious, but also extraordinary kind. It's important to point out that we should never serve for the sake of the reward. What Jesus promises, otherwise we exchange material selfishness for spiritual selfishness. Outsiders see religion often as not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that. Jesus is encouraging his followers to action. He sums it up beautifully. It's some people also call it the golden rule. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Easy to remember, much more difficult to live out. Active in well-being, do to others that asks for nothing in return. Especially those who irritate you, opposes you, try to belittle you. It brings us to the second point. We can learn from Jesus. Who are you following? Can the blind lead the blind? It was in the Second World War that the Germans occupied Romania. Richard Wurmbrandt was a pastor from the Lutheran Church, and despite being treated harshly by the occupiers, he befriended them. And one of the soldiers came one night and spoke to Richard about his struggles in his soul for all the things he had done wrong and for the people he had murdered. Upon further inquiring, Richard learned that this man in front of him is likely the person who is responsible for wiping out his wife's entire family. She was, she was Jewish, and in another part of the, the world, he was their commander-in-chief for that region. But then Richard said a very interesting thing. He said to the person, if I wake my wife up now and I tell her who you are, she's going to make you the best meal you can, you can have. Imagine that, the person who murdered your, your family. What happened? Exactly what Richard predicted. Wife made him the best meal. At the end of that evening, that gentleman was convicted and became a follower of Christ. Not the power of persuasion, but the force of forgiveness. In the movie Sabina, if you have time to look at to, to watch it, it beautifully starts. There's a scene where she is helping Germans to escape. The tides have turned. It's now the Russians that are chasing the, the, the Germans. And this lady and her husband is helping them escape from the, from, the, from the Russians. Isn't that beautiful? How she lived out to love your enemy. 
that we will see the promise Jesus make in verse 40. The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. That is what is the challenge before us this morning. Remember the context. In those days, it was not, there was no books, so it was by repetitive teaching. So you, you really got a very close relationship with your teacher because there was no internet, there was no books. It was to be by repetition and repetitive repetition that you learned from, the, from your teacher. What an encouragement to us this morning. Everyone that is fully trained will be like their teacher. As opposed to the original hearers of this sermon on the plains, we have the advantage today of knowing what happened to Jesus later on in his ministry. What did he do when he was accused falsely? What did he do when he was mocked and his words twisted? Others, you could save. Come, show us who you are. Save yourself. Spat on, a crown of thorns placed on his head, a deliberate attempt to humiliate him, to belittle him. What did he do? And this is all predicted by Isaiah more than 700 years earlier. Was this all part of God's plan for Jesus? Is this the struggles at work part of his plan for your life? Is the mocking in your friendship circle his plan for your life? When friends frown, is this part of his plan? How did Jesus handle it? When the disciples followed from a distance and afterwards, they surely would have remembered these words. I wonder what words were going through their mind the most. Love your enemies. Pray for those who mistreat you. Do not judge. Turn the other cheek. Yes, he did pray. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And he endured the cross, and he's encouraging us to follow suit. When we consider the standard Jesus setting this morning, not only setting, but also lived out, as we have just mentioned, does it feel like an impossible standard? If you have been feeling that way, you are likely to say, the bar is too high. I cannot reach that level of Christianity. I will never be able to, or if you are not a Christian here this morning, you might say, I will never be able to love those who give me a hard time in life. I will never get there. I can never forgive the wrong done to me when I was young, when I was molested when I was treated unfairly. There is good news this morning. There is hope. Remember, in the beginning of this section on Luke, when Jesus started his ministry, he has sent me to proclaim freedom 
for the prisoners and recovery for the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus was not only a moral teacher, but also enacted these words. He lived out by example what he taught his disciples. And he says this morning to us, we could be like the teacher. We could be like Jesus. How do we, how do, we do this? Remember, it brings us to the third point, to live with Jesus. Jesus was speaking to a nation not religious or morally backward. Judaism had no lack of experts. Jesus, however, shows Judaism is now old and beginning to become obsolete. Yahweh made a covenant with the nation of Israel, but the new covenant is about to come into place. What is the central feature of Christ's moral teaching? Remember the paralyzed man that we talked about earlier on? He was brought for healing. He was given more than physical healing. Your sins are forgiven. This, what is the central theme of Jesus' moral teaching? It is Jesus himself. The Bible encourages us to be in Christ. The term is used 150 times in the Bible, sometimes described as unified with Jesus, hidden with Christ, an intimate connection, not simply under the authority of Jesus, or just with the Son of God in spirit, no, we are called to be in Christ. You can't get any closer than that. See what he promises in John 14. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. He lives with you and will be in you. Jesus described it as in John uh, 15 or 16, grafted as a, a thriving vine. As Scrivener puts it, very, we, we were disconnected from God through Adam. We were branches of a Christmas tree cut from the living God and perishing. We had no spiritual life in ourselves. And though we were we might decorate ourselves nicely and surround ourselves with family and festivities. Our days are numbered. Jesus wants his followers to show the abundance of the Father. His house, he said, has many rooms. Jesus said his kingdom is not of this world. The question this morning to you, are you willing to bet on Jesus? Is it need to change from Team Adam to Team Jesus. You see, he's asking you to come into every room of your life. He wants to be there with you when you go out with your mates. 
He wants to be there when you browse on the internet. He wants to be there when you discuss your children and how they're getting on at work when you have to make unpopular decisions, when you decide on priorities with your finances, when you're struggling with depression, struggling with your studies. Christ's words we need to obey against our own instincts. Peter, an experienced fisherman, learned that lesson early on. You might remember the story when they were fishing the whole night and Jesus comes and says to him, throw the net on the other side. He says, Master, we've been doing this all, all night long, but because you say so, I will do it. You don't have to, be, have to achieve to be part of the kingdom. You need to be willing to submit to the authority of Jesus. If you say so, Lord. If you remember the start of the sermon on the plains, Peter was going to, Peter said, go away from me, Jesus, I am a sinful man. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It's not the healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. Now Peter is ready to become a fisher of men. The same Peter that Jesus said he will build the foundations of his new kingdom. What made the difference for Peter? He learned what to, to, to do what the teacher was saying, even when it doesn't make sense. Levi left his lucrative business that gave him a secure income. He goes to spend lots on a banquet and following Jesus, not knowing where the next meal is going to come from. What will it be for you this morning? Is it to plan a cup of tea with an estranged family member or a friend? or maybe even a fellow believer. What can you learn from teacher Jesus? How will your being in Christ look like this week? The Christian reward in this upside down kingdom of God is not financial gain. What Jesus promises is communion with God, a new name. We will be called children of the Most High. And with it comes an opportunity for, for renewal and service in His kingdom. Membership of a worldwide network. A community that says it's all about Him. Like Father, like Son, we need to show the Father's character.